Welcome to Last Weekly, where we talk, laugh, and sometimes bitch about the highs and lows of the past week, including, is Texas messing with our nation's health? Did Taylor Swift just break up with Netflix? Was Space Jam's Lola Bunny too sexy for her animated shirt? Should Dr. Seuss's medical license and library card be canceled? Are five teachers in Missouri just bad human Scrabble players or just bad humans? Plus new food reviews during Taster Talk. Sure, you can go shopping or out to eat without our input, but I'd strongly advise against it. I'll be recapping the week with my two incredible co-hosts, Anthony Tone Show Nunez. Kevin, it's episode 67. How you feeling? I'm feeling fine. And returning, dun-dun-dun-dun, co-host Danger. Danger. I'm back, baby. <laughs> with a vengeance. <laughs> Welcome back, danger. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. We are so glad to have you back. All right. So it's going to be trial by fire, danger. Let's just get right back into it. So we have a lot of stories to cover this week. Let's talk about what's going on in Texas. Texas has lifted all COVID restrictions. On Tuesday, the governor of Texas announced that, yeah, it's over. You don't have to wear a mask. There's no uh, restrictions on how many patrons can be in a restaurant or in any business for that matter. So... How do you feel? Oh, by the way, just a side note, only 43,000 people in Texas have died of COVID. So not a big deal. Hmm. What's crazy is that Texas is the second highest state next to California with COVID cases. So the fact that they're just ignoring that and saying, you know, hey, it's a free for all. Do whatever you want. Just blows my mind. It's it's just crazy to me. It's it's insane. What I find incredibly crazy and insane is that it's not even because they have some crazy vaccine plan and everybody's inoculated. Uh, I believe the numbers are on six percent round about how many people have actually been vaccinated in the state. So it's not like well they're leading the country in vaccines and you know the science points that we're ready to reopen. No, this is basically like he, I don't even know who he checked with, Kevin. Who he checked with? Uh, he checked with nobody, or he checked with Trump. I have no idea. Um, Doctor obviously are rattled they've been telling all the medical personnel to prepare for a resurgence and um what's even worse is other states uh including mississippi also have announced that they're getting rid of covid restrictions and mask restrictions but the good news is a lot of the bigger businesses have said you know we're still going by what the uh the federal health guidelines they're going with that they're not they're ignoring uh what the governors of mississippi and texas are saying and they're still limiting how many people can come into their stores saying that the employees as well as shoppers have to wear a mask we're talking about companies like Target, Walgreen, Home Depot have said, yeah, there's no changes happening with us. The only company I could find that uh, that was a big company that announced any changes, at least initially, was Albertsons uh, Corporation, one of the nation's biggest supermarket and pharmacy chains. They initially said that only their 325,000 workers would still need to cover their faces. But the company reversed its plan to let patrons go maskless on Friday. Mm. So that makes me feel somewhat better. I was going to say my guess being that Texas is conservative for the most part is that they're probably thinking that they're going to be building up this uh, herd immunity 
right? Oh, let's, oh, let's yeah. see how many people. Yes, yeah, a lot of people believe in that herd immunity. So I think, uh, not that herd immunity doesn't exist, but you know, you've got to have a certain percent of your population that's inoculated uh, in order for this to work. And they're just not there yet. Like we're not there yet. And so again, I, I'm thinking that maybe their thought process is that expose everybody and then herd immunity is going to happen. Yeah, I don't think so. Well, to me, it's a real slap in the face to all the medical professionals who have risked their lives and many have died oh, uh, protecting, protecting and fighting for us. And so to basically go over the heads of all of the local medical officials in Texas and Mississippi who are, you know, freaking the F out about this and preparing for another hailstorm. I, I just I don't get it. I absolutely don't get it. We we're so close. We're on the precipice of this being in our rearview mirror. So if if anything, I could see if we didn't have a vaccine yet and people were just like, you know what, we're just going to go charging into the fire. But we have a vaccine. It's slowly rolling out. People are getting vaccinated. The whole thing about opening schools even before all the teachers have been vaccinated to me is lunacy. Yeah, and they have like 5 million kids, so it, you know, public school kids. Um, so you're right. That's that's illogical. Well, all the school teachers haven't been vaccinated, but Tone, didn't we find out this week that somebody else got vaccinated? Well, former president, Kevin, that, that feels so good. I'm going to do it again. Former president <laughs> Donald Trump <laughs> and former first lady Melania Trump. Mm. Ah. Uh. Okay, <laughs> they both. Um, it was it was it was revealed in a New York Times article uh, because Donald Trump he appeared at CPAC, Conservative Party Action to um, Conquer and Rule the World. No, um, he appeared at CPAC and he actually endorsed um, the vaccine for the first time. Now that he's not president, you know, because he that he has he has no platform, right? So he got secretly vaccinated before he left the White House. They didn't tell a person, a soul, him and the first lady, because. Mm-hmm. It basically goes to what we're saying with Texas because it endorses this whole tough guy bravado crap that's getting people killed. That is so disturbing. Dr. Fauci and other uh, health officials have been asking celebrities and people of note that have a high public profile to get vaccinated and share it on their social media, uh, have it be filmed and put it out there to let people know who are afraid, who are prone to conspiracy theories, know that it's safe to do this. And the idea that this man, unfortunately, that half the country listens to, chose to protect himself and his wife without telling all of his supporters that this is what he did to protect himself, you should do this to protect yourself, is just so despicable. Every time I feel like this man can't reach a new low, he's all like, hold my beer. And so <laughs> I I just can't. I absolutely can't. And even even on what was late last month, we found out that he was actually in much worse condition when he got COVID. It, it then actually was told to the public. So this whole time we've been, the veil has been <laughs> over our eyes. Oh, yeah. We've been duped. And I also want to point out to the fact that this whole Texas thing, there's going to be a lot of people hurt. 
And I'm not even just talking about all the medical professionals who have to see the sick people, the people who get COVID, but I'm talking about there's going to be a lot of front of uh, customer facing retail people who are going to get in, in danger because of this. There's a whole genre of YouTube videos. If you put in Karen mass meltdown, like all yeah. last year, Karen's were losing it and people were even getting violent in front of retail workers faces because they had to basically uh, support, promote and enforce the mandates of the mass mandates in their states. And here now mm -hmm. we have a case where business businesses are going to try to protect their employees and, and still enforce this mask mandate because it's a private business. And you're going to have people say, well, the state is not the law because that's what you always hear. So I really feel for the for the retail workers who have to like go into work now and deal with these people. What bugs me the most about this is these are the same people who feel like it's against their rights to have to make a wedding cake for a gay or lesbian couple, that they should have the right. And the Supreme Court has upheld the fact that they should have the right to refuse that service. And so Target is a private business. They have the right to say, we want our employees to be safe and our other customers to be safe. Mm -hmm. And so if you're going to shop at our store, you have to wear a mask. That is the definition of freedom. They're free to do what they want to do. Now that the mask mandate is lifted, that just means the state isn't enforcing it. There is no state law that says no shirt, no shoes, no service. <laughs> that is what McDonald's chooses to say. That's uh, right. So, yeah, so if that's the case, they can do the exact same thing when it comes to face masks. We've already seen it, like Tone mentioned, where uh, people are being uh, brutalized. But, you know, let's not forget, people have been murdered over this mask issue. So it is literally going to be the wild, wild west in Texas. For minimum wage, it's not even $15 an hour. Yeah, no job is worth your life. Even though I know it's not going to happen, I, God, I hope that the governors of these states pay a price at the ballot box. They probably won't. I'm, I'm going to be realistic about it, but God, I hope they do. I hope that people wake up enough to say that this, the way this was handled was so bad. So many lives were needlessly lost and they make them pay for it by losing their jobs. They're losing mm -hmm. their, uh, their governorship. All right, so let's move on to Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift's name started trending on Twitter after users learned that the Netflix series Ginny and Georgia uh, made a joke at the singer's expense. The final episode of the season, which premiered February 24th, featured a confrontation between teenager Ginny and her mother, Georgia. During the fight, Jenny tells her mother, you go through men faster than Taylor Swift. In response, the word respect Taylor Swift trended on Twitter. And on Monday morning, Swift herself addressed the joke, calling it lazy and deeply sexist. In a tweet, she said, hey, Jenny in Georgia, 2010 called and it wants its lazy, deeply sexist joke back. How about we stop degrading hardworking women by defining this horse sh Yeah, she didn't hush everybody. She said the actual word as funny. So what do you guys think about Taylor's tweet as well as the whole controversy? Well, I love that Taylor just calls it as she, as she sees it. I absolutely love that about her. And I love that her fans always have her back. Like, I'm sure she didn't catch this. I'm sure someone alerted her to this. So it's just, it's funny to me how, um, one, they've got her back. And two, she just, she will call you out. Do not come for Miss Taylor because she will come for you. 
Uh, do I think it's sexist? I don't think it's sexist, really. I think, I, th I think it's a problem, though. I, I absolutely think it's a problem. I think that I wouldn't say sh it was sexist. I would say she got Britainized. Uh, I just made that word up. So basically, she's getting <laughs> I was say, what the heck is Britainized? Yeah, you know, it's like the Britney effect, right? How Britney was so like, oh. abused and attacked. And this is something, this is a common theme that we see in the media and in Hollywood where, you know, they take these young women and they just abuse the living daylights out of them like it's okay and you know it's not okay just because this person is a celebrity you don't get to treat them like that talk about them like that you know this is somebody's mother this is or this could be somebody's mother somebody's sister somebody's child you know you just don't you don't do people like that and and in the and the people that they're doing this repeatedly to is always young successful women Okay, what do you think, Tone? I was just gonna give us some breathing room. I was, I was just, I was backing up. I was letting the Britonizing <laughs> go on. I was just, I was just giving it a, a little bit of room to breathe, Kevin. I was coming along. Um, I got two points here, right? Um, point number one: Jigga Man, Jay Z said, uh, you know how many people in in the rap industry during Jay Z's prime and even after Jay Z's prime, they were taking shots at the king, and and what they were going at by dissing Jay Z, nobody's like, I could come with a record today and diss Jay Z in hopes that Jigga Man will come off his throne one day and just insult the crap out of me. You know, one bar, one throwaway line in a rap record, and it would bring all this publicity and fame to me. But Jay Z's been smart his whole career; he rarely answers because he doesn't want to give air to some stupid argument so mm -hmm. i gotta really give props to netflix writers gina gina and georgia because giant georgie genie and georgia who i can't pronounce that uh because they just got so much free publicity for this show like props True. to you give them a clap True. give them a clap and give and who clap. knows that may have been their plot all along mm -hmm. I, th I think it might have been promo Oh but my I'm, God! Yeah, I, I think we need to call out Taylor Swift as well. Um, <laughs> but, that was um, a honey trap. <laughs> yeah. So okay, and I she don't stepped think that, in it, and now she's sticky. Yeah, I don't think that this is sexist at all, and this is how I'm going to prove that it's not sexist because you can easily reverse the sex and have it mean the exact same thing. So if the teenager mad at her mother said, "Oh, oh mom, you go through men like Leonardo DiCaprio goes through Victoria's Secret models." exact same joke exact it's so that's why i don't think it's sexist and so on twitter when i was reading all the people that were like hating on the show and hating on netflix for this joke they were basically saying it was slut shaming it's like well first of all the only person to call any taylor swift a slut was all her fans by referring to it as <laughs> slut shaming so that you people are calling her a slut they hmm. nobody at netflix said that she was a slut if you want to look at the greater society and say that if a man has a lot of conquests a lot of women that he slept with that are very beautiful then you know everybody gives him a thumbs up and if a woman does the same thing they look down on her that's an argument you can make, but you can't say that they were slut shaming her with that joke because they could have just as easily made that joke about a man. It, this is about your perception of saying that she goes through men quickly as being a bad thing. Taylor Swift's own reaction says that she perceives it to be a bad thing. She could have said, well, thank you. Yes, uh, very attractive men are very attracted to me. 
Exactly, Kevin. I thought if you look at what she was, the actual line without no context, what do you care? You go through men faster than Taylor Swift. You, it's like Taylor Swift. She's she's an apex predator. She's sunning all these men. She's sending them back after using them. It could have been taken either way. Well, the other thing too. Yeah, and the other thing too is just you know like you you've got it. People are assuming that that mm, means she's having sex with them, but you know like realistically, we've all dated, right? And just, you know, you might meet uh, uh, 10 people and go out with five of them and be like, yeah, no, you're not the one. No, no, not a second date for you either. That doesn't mean, you know, you can be going through people. That doesn't necessarily mean you're having sex with them. So again, you know, the context, right? It's where's your head at? So I do think that they were trying to imply that by what they said, but that doesn't necessarily it's not necessarily a bad thing that she's going through that, you know, men, uh, she knows what she wants, <laughs> you know, that's oh, a good she thing. Doesn't want. Well, well, the <laughs> and what she all, doesn't I, want. Exactly. I think it's, a, I think it's a safe assumption that Taylor Swift has had sex with these guys because you don't write songs about dude you didn't have sex with, but that's just well, me. Uh, that's you know, just me. I, have you ever, you, you listen, unless you've been a hormonal girl, you don't know. Okay. <laughs> okay i guess anything is possible i guess it's possible i mean uh, i'm not saying that she didn't have sex with them but i am saying that yeah highly unlikely but never underestimate the power of teenage hormones and how emotional girls can get and the things that they will write about i also got a point to the fact that um this is definitely remember taylor swift got so much attention off of kanye and i feel like whenever people attack her she just grows stronger so this is just adding to her power oh absolutely we're talking about her we would not have been talking about taylor swift if it weren't for her attack on this show that i've never heard of that now i have to go i feel compelled to go watch so it's a win-win for both of the both sides netflix is winning and taylor swift continues to win Mm -hmm. so let's talk about even more sexism or at least some people feel is sexism so entertainment weekly published a preview of photos from the upcoming movie Space Jam A New Legacy and the movie's going to be coming out in July and it stars LeBron James taking over for Michael Jordan in the original and Mm -hmm. one of the things they showed was a new image of the character Lola Bunny and a lot of people on Twitter clock how incredibly different Lola Bunny uh, looked in the original film versus how she's going to look in this new film. So director Michael D. Lee, uh, director of the film, he told the magazine he was caught off guard by the original Lola Bunny's very sexualized look. This is 2021, Lee said. It's important to reflect the authenticity of strong, capable female characters. So needless to say, Twitter had stuff to say about that. um, Okay, one Twitter user wrote, New Lola looks like the kind of girl you'd meet in rehab when she asked to bum a Newport, and pretty soon she's at your place pretending to help you look for your stuff she just stole. So he got a lot from that one still image of this character. So what did you guys... What did you guys think of the original Lola Bunny versus the new look of Lola Bunny and the internet's reaction? 
Tony, you want to jump in on that one? I was just giving just I was giving you just the room to operate. <laughs> oh, um, oh, okay, okay. <laughs> but I'll go in here anyway. So okay. I, I, I'm seeing. I'm, I'm see. I'm not going to answer any of Kevin's questions today. I'm just going to answer my own questions. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do right now. He's gone rogue. <laughs> I've gone rogue. Uh, so it's funny to me because. I, I I when I read when I saw this, Kevin, I was like, could you imagine LeBron James like, yeah, finally, you know, I'm 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 as great as MJ. I'm winning all these championships. I'm gonna be in the next Space Jam. My movie's coming out. The first look is coming out. They're gonna be talking about me like crazy. And here come damn Twitter, not even mentioned King James. Talk about, hey, look at the bunny in the back. She's not sexy no more. Like, can you imagine being LeBron James? <laughs> oh wow, true. <laughs> Poor guy. I, I feel I feel bad for the bad. I, I do, but uh, 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 to, to your question now, Kevin, um, the Lola, Lola Lola Bunny was sexy. Like that was that was part of her character in in the original Space Jam, and even her intro, when she walked into the room in, in the Space Jam, the the music they played it was like um, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? Um, was the sexy one? Uh, it, it was like that old the, the other rabbit, Jessica lady. Rabbit, oh, Jessica, Jessica Rabbit. Jessica Rabbit. Yeah. So she had that same vibe. And as a kid, you were like, mm-hmm, okay, yeah, she she's not bad. <laughs> she's just drawn that way. That's and she right. was talented too. She had ball skills. So I I feel it's odd that the director said that. Wait, you know, did you just say she had ball skills? Yeah, like basketball skills. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. All right, <laughs> a, a little double podcast. entendre there. What? <laughs> So I find it funny the director feels like they had to um these uh, like bring down I don't know her 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 looks to make her look more capable like it was interesting because now you're are you implying that a uh, obviously I'm not sure but I was thinking to myself can, can a woman not be really attractive and capable mm. okay of course uh, she that- can. Yes, she can. But okay, the the reason why this has always been so absurd is if you look at how sexualized the Lola Bunny character was in the first Space Jam, where she's wearing like a crop top and she has she the girls are on display. Let's just put it that way. And she's walking around. She looks like she's in high heels, even though she's just in her bare feet. She's super curvaceous. So can you imagine if we did the same kind of treatment to Bugs Bunny? If all of a sudden Bugs Bunny was like super ripped and his shorts were a little tight and you might be able to see the outline of his carrot. Would that be okay? Would that be all right? Kevin, I don't no. think you not, would think that was okay. Just Kevin, because Lola Bunny was introduced like this in Space Jam originally. Bugs Bunny, we already he didn't even he hasn't ever changed. So is it is it really a real comparison? She's always been sexy. Okay, yeah. First I of all, Bugs Bunny like has it. changed. Right. He, but the he only used to cross reason... dress all the time. Mm-hmm. Yes, he did. <laughs> but but the thing is, the only reason she was introduced like that is because they only do this to female characters. What about Pippa Le Pew? Well, uh, again, if, if Pepe Le Pew was all of a sudden ripped, yeah, <laughs> what I'm saying, he's I, always like attractive and like bum 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 bum. When you see Pepe Le Pew, wasn't like his own thing. Nobody ever like tries to shame him for sexy. Oh, oh, people, no, people shame him for basically constantly sexually assaulting cats. Yeah, he's um, a no means no, <laughs> Mister Le Pew. No right. means no. Yeah, no one taught him that. <laughs> It's true. It's true. 2021, where we're going after cartoons. Yeah. Hashtag, <laughs> hashtag me tune. I'm just, I am stunned that so many people have confessed on Twitter and on Instagram about the fact that Lola Bunny was very instrumental in their young adolescence, which I find mm. deeply disturbing. 
Well, if you find that deeply disturbing, please don't search the hashtag because you'll be traumatized. You never rode a bus as a kid, Kevin? Like, like a lot of things were like very um, fun for young men. <laughs> Did you say I never rode a bus? I don't understand. I don't even get the connection about what's uh, happening I'm on the bus. I'm just saying that, that young teenage minds, like a lot of things are, you know, exciting. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mm. know how to put that. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, the fact that people found a cartoon rabbit that played basketball against aliens that she meant that much to them because people were upset. <laughs> There's a lot of people were Clearly. shockingly upset about it. And it's just like, yeah, you need to move on with your life. If this is, this is hurting you that deeply. It reminds me of the people that were upset about the fact that they announced like a week or so ago that they're rebranding Mr. Potato head to just call them potato heads. Yeah. So you have the ability <laughs> to, you can, you can call it Mr. Miss, Ms. Whatever you want you can have two Mr. Potato heads that are living their best life you can yeah. have two mrs potato heads that's that right like, like well i don't yeah why do we have to rebrand anyway like just buy two misters and two misses you know well like, it was yeah, they, they, they were now it's just you get one thing and you get all the pieces and you can do whatever you want with them as before you'd have to buy a mister you might have to buy two misters or buy oh is that how it was or, oh okay yeah. Yeah, so now you can just buy a box full of potato parts, and you can make all the the the, the potato, potato family that you're the potato family of your dreams, the potato family mm. that looks like you. That's so right. I don't know if people are that butthurt but wait, about it. Well, are the potatoes going to come in different shades? Because <laughs> oh, you mean you want a Yukon Gold potato to ref- yeah, reflect your I ethnicity? Mean, <laughs> come on now, right? You if we're gonna go, let's potato. go all the way. Yeah. Well, you know what? You need to. Let I don't know Hasbro if you can call it red skin potato though. Or you Mattel. Might to, <laughs> you might have it to might change, have to the, change name, the name like of the red skin potato. <laughs> yeah, in, indigenous potato skin. Or <laughs> anyway, yeah. I, for I am not upset about that. I'm not. I'm not upset about Lola Bunny not looking like you know a porn star. So I'm absolutely cool with it. I'm shocked that people weren't upset the original when the first Space Jam came out. When you see that character, it is like it is. It's like something out of like a a, a men's porno magazine kind what? of cartoon. Yes, that 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 character what? is deeply sexualized. Tone, but deeply Kevin, she sexualized. Was, she, was, she was fit. She wasn't. I, I don't. I, I don't know. I think. The, I think the the what's that was that core here is cancel culture. But what? But I think people are lot labeling it just cancel culture. But I think a, a big problem that the fans have, or the young people who are defending this, is that it's changing something they grew up with. This is like yeah. when they take a character and they 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 bend them, race bend them. A lot of times, yeah. it's not about the race bending. It's about you're changing my childhood. Defend yeah. it. Uh, you know what? But, but no one has no one has burned the original Space Jam. You can watch that over and over again. You no, can thanks. have a glass of wine. You can light some candles and enjoy the <laughs> evening with Lola Bunny if you want to. <laughs> yeah, but no. for kids today, they want we're going to actually show uh, little girls that you can actually be on the court and not have to be in a crop top to be allowed to play. That's right. All right. Speaking of cancel culture, let's talk about what's going on with Dr. Seuss. So Mm. the company that controls the Seuss catalog has decided to pull six of his dozen books, the earliest of which was written in 1937 because it contains racist images of Asians and Africans. And so if you haven't heard of this list of books, the list includes And to Think That I Saw It on Mayberry Street, If I Ran the Zoo, On Beyond Zebra, Scrambled Eggs Super, 
The Cat's <laughs> Quizzer, and some other book. I can't remember the name of the other one. So have you guys heard about this? Have you seen the actual images from the books uh, in question? What do you think? Danger. I did hear about this. And I saw some of the images, but I didn't see all of the images. So, uh, you know, I can't speak to everything, but I, I did see some and I, I definitely did hear about it. And so my thought is this. Yes. Um, some of this, many, much of this is offensive, um, but it's a sign of the times, right? When these were, when these were created, when these were written, this is the way people thought. I'm not saying that it was right, but what I'm saying is this is and this literally shows you how people were thinking and behaving and how um they were being represented in the media. And so I'm not a big fan of um book banning or censorship or even in this case pulling books because I think that there's a lesson to be learned here. And I think if anything, if they're going, if they were going to keep these on the shelves, I think it would have been better than pulling them because I think what they could have done was use it as an opportunity to educate by adding some pages in the front and explaining this is, this is not okay. This isn't, this isn't appropriate, but this is how people used to think. And get like make it a teaching opportunity, make it a learning opportunity, um, versus just pulling it. Because what's happened is they've said they're not going to be selling these six books that pretty much no one's ever heard of. <laughs> so they've they've brought them to to the light, and now what's happening is there's this reaction of oh no, they're like they're burning books. You know, it's that mentality. So people are now rushing to buy these books and from what i heard he's like on top of amazon now uh dr seuss because people are rushing to buy these books before they can't get them anymore they're showing their support by buying other books that he's that you know come from this line uh you know dr seuss so i think it's almost had the opposite effect when they could have used this as an opportunity to reprint these books with 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 an addendum like with with an extra couple of pages literally educating people okay, i mean it's, it's books, a good opportunity i get what you're saying danger and this, if this book was for like i'd say adolescence or something i would mm -hmm. agree that you could do something like that but this book is for children that are learning how to read and so can they understand the concept where we're going to say like, okay, these are racist depictions of people, but these depictions are wrong. And here's why when they're like four. No, we, but also, we, no, but also with my kids and myself having grown up with Dr. Seuss, this did not make me look at people of color differently. Like it didn't even register because we're kids. Like we're, you're little, you're not getting it. It, oh, see, I, I disagree. Think, I disagree. It's it's mm. you don't you didn't think it was registering, but I absolutely believe that that an underlying current of racism does register with children. I have seen documentaries where they interview children, where they have them look at images, and they have it's the image of the same little girl or the same little boy, their drawings, and they have them in different skin tones, and they'll say which one is the good child, which one is the bad child. These are kids under five.
And at that young age, they already know that dark skin is banned. Well, I don't know. I think that's something that you have to be taught. And I don't think that these books are, I mean, I don't, I, I can't say that the books are teaching or not teaching this, that, or the other. But what I can say is from my personal experience, having grown up with Dr. Seuss and my kids the same, that didn't register with them. Like they, it literally, no one is paying attention to, you know, do the Asian people, are they carrying a, a cage on their head? Why? Oh, because they're Asian. No, I don't even think my kids even acknowledged they don't even know that these people are Asian. They they're not even looking at these characters as real characters, and 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 again, I I'm not talking about all of the books. Just you know, I haven't seen all of the images. I just feel like, yes, I understand what you're saying about there's you know little kids. Uh, this is for little kids, but again, they're little kids, so they're not analyzing the book, and no one's literally asking them these questions like, you know. Should the Asian person look this way? Should the African American person look this way? Like they're they don't even know what that is. You know, depending on how old they are. And if they're learning to read, they're pretty young. So they don't even know this type of terminology yet. So I don't know. That's just that's just my thought process because, you know, I I I wasn't affected by that. I didn't even I did, I've I, I've not seen these six books. These six books were not in our uh, reading repertoire. We had many other books, so I can't speak to them specifically for our personal experience. But what I can say is, the books that we did read and the books that we did, you know, that we did experience, we weren't looking at the characters in the book and kind of dissecting them. It was just a fun, rhymy read. So I don't, I don't know. I again, no, no, I would. I, I'm not. I'm not implying that little children are dissecting things. I think that little things are entering their subconscious. There's when you showing certain images to children from very early ages. I think that they're taking all that in. They're sponges, and so if you're showing different people depicted in caricatures that are not flattering, I do think it's lodging in there, and it, it gets connected to other subtle messages they get through the media and get through Aunt Becky. Um, once she gets out of jail for uh, getting her kid into college. But anyway, so I think that those things are connected. I agree with you as far as in they could have just quietly done this by making mm-hmm. an announcement. It made everybody go run to go buy these books. A lot of these books, I hadn't heard of any of these books, honestly. Me um, either. I grew up with Dr. Seuss as well, and Green Eggs and Ham was my jam. Uh, mm-hmm. And uh, The Diggin'est Dog. Oh my God, no one talks about The Diggin'est Dog. I love The Diggin'est Dog. He couldn't stop digging. He just couldn't. He destroyed the whole town. But anyway, um, <laughs> <laughs> so I loved Dr. Seuss. Uh, one thing I will say in Dr. Seuss's defense, he did publicly say, apparently, that he regretted his depiction of Asians. I guess he was cool with what he did with black people. But anyway, um, uh. he did he did say that he had regrets about how he depicted Asians at one point. And apparently he was against racism. Maybe he evolved to that point, apparently, in his life. Uh, he was against Jim Crow. But the depictions were just, mm-hmm. like, not cool. So I have well, no problem with them pulling these public. That's nothing. There's no one's burning books. They're just going out of right. publication. There's right. Books go out of publication. All, all the time the yeah. time this is bothering people because they feel like oh this is cancel culture if you feel like this is your culture that's being canceled what is, what does this say about your culture right that you want to hold on to these racist depictions letting those go is so upsetting to you i what, think tell, what do you, oh, go ahead oh i was going to just add that i think it's really important also because a lot of the times i wonder if he 
did things on purpose to make a statement because, you know, he started as a political cartoonist. I don't know if a lot of people know that, but he actually began his career as a political cartoonist. So he was, you know, he was pointing out a lot of injustices and things like this through his um, art, through his art in his early career. So, you know, things like um, the book that he, you know, the um, the snitches with the one star and the snitches with the two star that to me was very, you know, it was in my opinion, it was like showing prejudices. So I think that he used his books in a lot of ways to show those prejudices on purpose, not necessarily trying to be racist, but, but trying to show people like, do you get it? Are you seeing it? It was almost like, um, like, like, like tongue in cheek, so to speak. Um, but I don't think people are smart enough uh, in a lot of ways to get how the depth of that. So, uh, you know, who knows, maybe this was a political statement for him and, uh, you know, pointing out the sign of the times. Maybe it wasn't no, it, that it, he was it, a racist. It could have, it absolutely could have been satire, but I don't think that preschool, but it didn't come out. Yeah. Satire. Yeah. <laughs> well, they're not and, and getting satire. They're not, but you know, who buys the books are the parents and who reads the books are the parents. So this may have been, you know, a shot at the parents. But it's hard to say because he's not around anymore. I just think there are so many other books out there for children. Right now is a golden age of options for stories for kids. And so if I have a choice between books that have super racist depictions of uh, people of color versus not, I feel like you should go with not. The problem is... what do you think? Go ahead. I was going to say that um, what what Danger said at the beginning that that not to excuse um I'm not to excuse any of it but I think it's interesting the fact that he was a World War II cartoonist and if you look at those images from World War II that the uh, American cartoonists would publish in newspapers a lot of times they were like uh, American troops punching Hitler or since we were bombed since after Pearl Harbor like the depictions that were some of them were just over the line would you say just racist but there were a lot of angry attitudes at the time and if even if you hear vets who who fought in those wars they came back like everybody knows oh that's my grandfather you know he one that says things that are inappropriate like the uh, people a lot of times grew up in within within these um these times and they had biases that developed because these were basically the the feelings of the time and it doesn't excuse that they were wrong but i'm just saying like in this case the fact that he drew world war ii cartoons and then he went and did this like a lot of times um we we tend to look at, at people and say, well, this person's racist, this person's racist. But if you look at the times, America's been racist for over 300 years. Like, there was a <laughs> lot of horrible things happening. Yeah. So, a lot of times, it doesn't excuse that it is racist. And I think the book should be removed. I don't think of my daughter's four. And we were, we're reading The Cat in the Hat this week. On the whole week, we're learning about Dr. Seuss of her. And obviously, like, I'm with Danger. Like, she just looks at the cartoons and just thinks they're funny. Like, does he doesn't get anything from it. But what Kevin is saying, I do believe is true. If we normalize things and we show children things and we never and we never point to the fact that they're wrong, they just become right. normal. So they could subconsciously just internalize, well, this is how, you know, Asian people feel or look. Right. Or this is how African-Americans look. And, you know, just internalize, not even know it's racist, but but they're being biased and prejudice is being built. They don't even know about it. So I think removing the books quietly would have been the best way this way. I think it's just, again, causing us to talk about it right here. 
But I really do think that um, just like those statues that they remove, I think they they you shouldn't break these statues from um, all these um, from the Civil War. You should put them in a museum and give context to them. But this is a case yeah. so that I think I agree with Kevin. Like the four, my four year old daughter, if you wrote two pages and put it in there and said, "Hey, this is racist," I don't think she would understand. So maybe just removing the books would be the best choice. Yeah, she she probably wouldn't understand the pro- the problem that I feel this perpetuates is that we have a lot of white people not just white people, but we have a lot of white, I'm just going to, I'm talking to the white people now. We have a lot of white people who don't even realize that this is racist. So unless you point it out to them and you say, take note, they, they're not going to notice. And I think there's, there's a level of education that needs to happen. So, you know, yeah, pull the books, but who are we, who are we educating by pulling the books? It's the grownups that need the educating and they don't have a clue to some of these things. So but that's what this I think that this story has gotten so much press. If this isn't a chance for people to learn what racist depictions look like, I don't know what else do they need. I mean, it's all over the news. We're talking about it. The images are all over social media. And the fact that right, people but- are seeing these images and choosing in 2021 to go buy books that, that have these depictions. That just goes to show you that they're that they don't get it, that they don't see the racism. They literally don't get it. See, and oh that's my God, Danger, I, ed- you're being so generous. I think they do see the racism and they want I mean, to hold it I'm tight. I'm sure some of them do. I'm sure some of them do. But other people are like, I don't, I literally saw somebody on Twitter say, I don't see what the big deal is. They're not even real. They're made up characters. They're not even real characters. They're not seeing that the depictions as being like the pictures of the, of the, of the Asians and whatever. Like they're not even recognizing that these depict Asian people. They're literally thinking these are made up characters. Some people really, truly don't see it because they've been in, they've been raised in this bubble. And unless you have experience outside the bubble, you don't get it, you know? And, and it, and it's true. Like there is this bubble, right? Because we surround ourselves with people that, that are like us many times. So unless you have multicultural friends you know, and diversity in your friend circle, you're not going to get it. Oh, I, I, I absolutely think there's something to that. There's something to that. And speaking of racist images, Tone, didn't you want to say something about this made you think about Aunt Jemima? Exactly. I was going to say, who among us remembers the Pearl Milling Company syrup? Mm, isn't that Pearl Milling Company syrup good? <laughs> who? <laughs> who? You never had Pearl Milling Company syrup at your house? Uh, new pancakes. Who this? <laughs> so, um, uh, uh, the 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 company that that owns and and makes Aunt Jemima syrup, uh, they announced that they'll be renaming the brand, the Aunt Jemima syrup, to Pearl Milling Company, and it's scheduled to happen in June. So, um, the company announced the change. Um, no one came for Aunt Jemima as of late. I think this was this was this was coming, and they um they took a step before it happened. I'm not sure if the Doctor Seuss books that's what happened. So what do you guys think? Do you think that this is this is a lot of food companies should make this move to correct imagery and brands that are hurtful uh, today and might have been okay yesterday or no? Like you think that this is the way it's always been. And at this point, like it's just syrup. Well, I already know that the when that whole thing broke before that viral video that uh, got people talking, they got rid of Aunt Jemima. They got rid of uncle ben from the box right what they call uncle ben's rice has a new name and um i can't i'm not sure if they announced they got rid of the cream of wheat guy 
uh, who was another racist depiction. <laughs> um, and I heard that they were considering redesigning or changing Mrs. Butterworth altogether because uh, her initial, the shape of the bottle was designed basically after a mammy character like in Gone with the Wind was mm. what that character, what uh, Mrs. Butterworth was based on, which I didn't even know I the know racist that. origins of Mrs. Butterworth. Well, so yeah. um, I, I feel like people have gotten enough of a wake up call in general that these uh i remember how uh hearing that back in the day there was a frito lay had a character named frito bandito which was like a little hispanic guy with a with a yeah with a uh wearing a sombrero and wearing a poncho and 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 being super you know racist looking so I feel like it's it's shocking to me it took this long for these things to happen. But the crazy thing to me about the Aunt Jemima thing is with all the names you could name your company, the Pearl Milling Company, I don't yeah. it doesn't roll off the tongue. Yeah, Crazy Karen would have been better, right? Do <laughs> 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 you guys think like Taco Bell, like in the year twenty forty, they'll be like, that's you know, it's a, because Taco Bell's an American company and I was shocked to find that out. I thought it was like a Mexican company or like uh another ethnicity, but it's actually an American company that well, owns Taco Bell. Isn't that crazy? Wait a second. No have you have you eaten Taco Bell? <laughs> that's what I was thinking, did you? <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't get it. Is is delicious? No, it's uh, the fact that it is, it is nothing clearly like not owned re- by representing Mexican. real Mexican food. So that's clearly. why she's acting shocked. That no, this no self protecting Mexican would ever align themselves with Taco Bell. Yeah. So yeah, no, it is it's very much an American company. I think it's owned by the same corporation that owns Pepsi and that owns KFC. Uh, they're under the same umbrella, which is why they have like some KFC slash Taco oh, yeah. Bells. Yeah. And Pizza Hut slash Taco Bells or Pizza mm-hmm. Hut slash KFCs all in under one roof or whatever. Kevin, can um, I just tell you that that I find it really offensive when I walk in. Like one of the, the joys of walking into these places is like getting that. You open the door and you get that bam in your face. That smell mm-hmm. of like delicious taco. And ever since Dunkin' Donuts and the ice cream place merged and now Papa, I mean now KFC and Taco Bell, you walk into the door and it's like you don't know what you're smelling. So I'm really offended by that. Yeah. <laughs> Well, apparently you're very offended by food courts because that's been going on at food courts as long as I've been around where all kinds of different restaurants within feet of each other and all kinds of smells co-mingling. But um, all right. So let's move on to uh, one other, some might say, racist trope. TMZ kind of got blowback. Well, shouldn't say kind of got blowback. Got a lot of blowback this week when they were tweeting about the fact that that they were referring to it as the George Floyd murder case is coming up. And people rightly call them out saying, or should I say rightly? I'm already judging before I throw it to you guys. Uh, some say it was wrong for them to refer to it as the George Floyd murder case via the fact that George Floyd was murdered and is not on trial. So what do you guys think? Do you think this is racist or is it just a a name thing that because more people know George Floyd's name, they're going to mention him versus the cop who put his knee on his neck until he died? Exactly. That's exactly why they're doing it. TMZ is so freaking scandalous and so clickbaity. That's exactly why they did it because they know that no one is going to recognize the police officer's name. So if they use... George Floyd, they're going to get a lot more traffic. They're going to get exactly what happened, blowback, which is going to blow up their site. 
and they're so freaking scandalous and so ridiculous. If anybody wants to cancel anything, we should be canceling TMZ. I, I worry about the people that are reading TMZ. So, but that's a whole other story. Captain. Well, to me, they could have easily called it the name of the what's his name, Derek uh, Chauvin. Sh- yeah, Derek Chauvin. Yeah, Derek Chauvin trial for killing George Floyd. Right. And that Let's way, call it you're what it up is. To- uh, up to speed versus yeah. um, c- calling it the George Floyd trial, which is ridiculous. I feel, yeah, I feel like they're protecting his name when he should be. Yeah, there's a reason why his name isn't famous. Yeah, there's a reason yeah. why his name isn't famous because they're not putting it out there. Exactly, exactly. But yeah, I don't think this was an accident. I think TMZ did this on purpose, as they do a lot of things because they're very sensationalist, sensationalistic. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's appropriate. And you know what? They're not the only ones that have done it. I've seen it all week long on far more reputable uh, news sites. And shame on all of them. All right. And so, Tone, there was a story, speaking of racism, that you were uh, mentioning earlier in the week about some teachers playing human scrabble. What's up with that? Well, Kevin, I was actually, uh, I'm sorry, let me, before we jump, I just want to ask, is it okay, like, if you add the word murder in there, does that make it okay? Does George Floyd murder trial still because okay if if okay tone if you murdered i don't know me if you called it the kevin murder trial kevin was murdered but it's no it's the it's the anthony tone show nunez murder trial because you're the one that's on trial for tone show nunez now you want to get it correct (laughs) wow (laughs) now you want to plug my name correct Anyway, so normally when you say murder trial, it's the murder trial and the name is the name of the person who is on trial, not the murder, not the murder victim. It was the OJ trial. It wasn't the whatever uh, Nicole Smith murder trial. It was the OJ Simpson murder trial. Yep. Maybe if he had been white, it would have been the Nicole Simpson murder trial. (laughs) Mm, Yeah. Yeah, exactly. All right. So what's up with the whole Scrabble teacher thing all i know is supposedly these teachers claim that they were playing human scrabble which is a thing i had never yeah. heard of human scrabble yeah okay uh-huh. like it's normally played by aliens or dogs but anyway human scrabble and they were trying to spell the word raccoon but they didn't have enough letters so mm-hmm. they just spelled out a shortened version without the without the ra just what's after that and so they're claiming that none of the and not only did they do this but they put a picture of it on social media and the school website yeah and and then and claim that they had no idea that that was a racist term and they are shocked that all these teachers and none of the these aren't like teen teachers these are women that have been around the the schoolyard a, f- a few times and it was five not, of them not one all five of them and not one of them knew so i could to me there's an argument that one of them didn't understand that this was a racist term mm. two of them three of them just too much of a stretch for me that all five of them had no oh. clue and what was the point of posting it on social media did they post pictures of the other words they came up with as well or just that particular one That's i find it point. very suspicious i don't know they, they don't go into detail to say how many things that they posted or didn't post but um but clearly this is the one that was offending people and so this is the one that made the news. But apparently, like, this is a game that they play where they get a bunch of letters, and then they have to take the letters and spell words with it. And for whatever reason, this is, you know, the word that they were coming up with. 
Um, Danger, do you think that this goes to what you were saying before, that some people, when we were talking about um, yes. Dr. Seuss, some people are not aware of the of yes. racist Yes, I will things. tell you this 100%. Or, so all five uh, of them wasn't aware uh, of this word? Yeah. So out of all of these teachers looking at their pictures, only one of them I think would be old enough to really get it. Um, and she's clearly a white woman. So, um, but the other four, they look like they look younger. So I don't think that they, that they do have a clue. And, you know, as someone who had my children, uh, sorry, Miami-Dade County public school system, but I'm gonna call you out right now. I have never in my life experienced the type of ignorance and just illiteracy, uh, illiterate people as I did in the teachers at the Miami-Dade County Public School System. I'm talking about words spelled wrong, grammatically incorrect sentences, all kinds of things that no teacher should ever do and not even ashamed of it like because they don't have a clue. Like they literally think what they're doing and saying is right. So big, you know, uh, poster boards on their classroom doors with misspelled words and grammatically incorrect sentences because they didn't have a clue. Not a clue. Of course, that's very different from from being uh, using racist terminology. But again, there's this level of ignorance where like people you you would think that teachers would be better educated. They are not. And and I'm not cracking on all teachers because they're they're the hardest working group of people out there. Let me tell you, and they spend a lot of their own money for their classrooms. So there's a lot of really great teachers that are very well educated, but there are also a lot of teachers, at least in Miami Dade County, who have no clue what the heck they're doing. And I, I'm not surprised by this it, in any way, shape, or form that they would have no clue what the word coons might mean. Uh, I'm not surprised at all. I'm not surprised in the least. Okay, I do want to point out that this was not a public school. This is a private school and a private religious school where these mm -hmm. teachers uh, worked and posted themselves holding these letters that spelled out that word. Yeah, no, I'm, um, not, I'm not saying that because it's public. I'm just saying that the way that teachers are being hired right now, I don't think there's a lot of deep dive into, you know... <laughs> do, I don't think that, that there's a there's a whole level of um I don't think they're even I think there needs to be better screening is what I'm trying to say. I think okay, we need to I'll, do a little bit more homework on on the teachers that we're hiring. Oh yeah, I pun intended, do more homework with the teacher. Anyway, but um again, I find it hard to believe that nobody knew when they posted it, nobody knew. And the moment somebody spotted it and said it that they didn't initially take it down before it turned into a, a national story. I find that hard to believe. Okay. Um, it, and also, these are the same people that like when people are doing the uh, upside down okay sign, just like, oh, no, they oh, didn't know that was yeah. a symbol no. for white supremacy. This is gonna, okay. They were just saying okay, but their hand no. was upside mm -mm. down and they didn't no. understand. Just, I, no. I have a hard time. That, and I think it is important to mention again. Somebody show me these other pictures where they're spelling out other words like rabbit and stuff like and they're just spelling out other random words and they're posting it on social media. I just find it hard to believe that that racial slur is what they not only did they post social media, but ended up on the school's website. I don't think this is an accident. So, but so we can listen, agree to disagree. So listen, uh, you know, I appreciate what you're saying, but I think 
I think that your um, experience is far more vast than many people's. And I can say this because just the other day, as a matter of fact, I was watching a show. I can't think of his name right now. He's British and he he has his own show where he interviews celebrities. Yes, Graham Norton. Norton. It was Graham Norton, and he had some celebrities on the show, and um, they were talking about the game that you're talking about with the upside down, like the okay thing. That's been a game for a very long time. If people have now attached some racist thing to it, not everybody is aware of that. And so these celebrities were talking about how on set they were playing this game, and and it, it has a different name. Like, I forgot what they were calling it, but like... I, I know that this is a thing that people do, I know that people don't know that there's a racist connotation to it because this is a thing that kids play and they call it necking, which of course, you know, if you're older, necking means something totally different. But the idea is that if you see it, you get slapped in the neck. So the way the celebrities were, were playing it was like, if you see it, if somebody flashes a sign to you and you look, you get punched in the arm or something like that. I've even been driving and seen a bumper sticker that has it on it and it said, haha, made you look. And then you, you know, so then you have to like get slapped in the neck or punched in the arm or whatever it is. But this is a thing that kids play. This is a game. So I don't think everybody realized, I, you know, and, and is it fair that now we, the, everyone has to stop playing this game because somebody decided it was racist? Or they're using it as a racist symbol. So all these kids that have no idea, like, I don't know. I think that's a bridge too far. But that's me personally. And I will say this, Kevin. Okay. So I'm I'm going to out myself, right? And I, and I think this is important. I think people need to step up when they realize and recognize, like, hey, I didn't know that, right? So I grew up in a home where my mom and dad, they use this terminology all the time. They said... Now, wait a cotton pick a minute. And there was, I didn't know, I didn't look at that as a racist saying. There, it wasn't meant with racist undertones. I think that was just something that was said in their time, which, you know, maybe at the, maybe it was being said to them or taught to them as a racist way, but my parents didn't know that. They didn't teach me that. I don't think they were aware of it or they wouldn't have used it. But, you know, because they said it, I've said it. And then I, and then I learned, wait a second, that means something totally different to an entire group of people. And so I had no awareness about that. And I think that it's entirely possible for someone who grew up in a household that was, uh, you know, where people were, were, had white skin color would not recognize or understand that these phrases, they have a history. So unless we're taught that or it's brought to our attention, we don't know. So I do think that this could be a case where these people really were clueless. Because if, again, if you are inside that bubble, right? And this, like you said, this was a private school. So, you know, maybe they got a little bit of money. Um, It was a Christian school. So probably predominantly white. Again, you know, there's you surround you, you surround yourself with like-minded and and people who look like you. So they probably live in communities that look just like them. I don't know that they knew. Um, I find it I find it almost hard to believe that they that they wouldn't because of everything that's going on in the world today. But again, like if you're not privy to that, like if you're not paying attention to that, uh, it's possible. And again, with my personal experience with teachers. Highly possible. 
All right. Now, I guess you're right. Language does change and things do change. I myself thought the term necking was what you use when you went scarf shopping in wintertime, but that's just me. <laughs> so <laughs> let's move on to something a whole lot lighter. A little thing we like to call Tasty All right. So this is... Mm. Taster talk. All right. So this is how Taster Talk works. I'll be describing some new foods coming to store shelves and restaurants this week. And my co-host and I will give them one of three possible verdicts. If the new food I describe sounds like something you'd actually like to eat, then you give it a fork it. If it's something that you're like, well, maybe I'll try it then give it a try it but if this frankenfood sounds so disturbing such an affront to nature that you don't even want it in the same room as your mouth then you give that one a kill (laughs) all right so first on our menu kellogg's is combining two cereals for an unexpected breakfast treat Kellogg's new mashup cereal is about smashing two fan-favorite cereals together in one delicious box. The latest combo is Frosted Flakes and Apple Jacks. This isn't the first time they've done this. The first time was last summer. They combined Frosted Flakes with Fruit Loops. Aaron Storm, the marketing director for Kellogg's cereal, said, Almost half of cereal lovers mix cereals together. We wanted to make this two-in-one breakfast experience even easier. All right, so what do you guys think of mixing Frosted Flakes with Apple Jacks? Danger. You know, I never I never even thought people mixed cereals together. Like That was going to be my next question, if you guys mix I, cereals. I, I've never, you know, that's just like, really? Why didn't I ever think of that? That's such a great idea. <laughs> I don't know why I never thought of that before. Um... Hmm. Well, uh, I, 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 I like Frosted Flakes and I like Apple Jacks. So I would fork it. I would fork it. But I will have to say this. Is it genetically modified? <laughs> um, God, yes. Um, yeah. So maybe none of us should be eating any of that Kellogg stuff. Um, no offense, Kellogg's. If you want to sponsor yeah, the us, corn, we'll the corn back. and the cornflakes probably is genetically modified. <laughs> I have not seen a a non GMO label or yeah. an organic version of any of the yeah. Kellogg cereals. So, so I, I probably, you know, in real life, I probably wouldn't eat it at all. But for the sake of taster talk, I'm gonna say fork it. So, so if they had a non-GMO version, you'd be like, sign me up. So that's the only thing for you is the GMOs. Well, you know, if we get right down to it, let's let's face it. They probably use a lot of pesticide, too. So I probably wouldn't. Okay. okay. All right. Let's okay. remix. <laughs> let's make it organic. Okay. So there's organic Frosted Flakes mixed with like organic Apple Jacks. Yes. I'm all for it. Fork it, fork it, fork it. Did you hear that, Kellogg's? You need to get organic for danger to get on board. What about that's you, right. Tone? I'm killing because I, I don't think that's a good mix. I understand what you're doing. It, it, it's something that I found shocking years ago is when I found out that like 90% of all foods are manufactured by four companies. There's like four companies that own all the foods. So all the cereals are owned probably like by two companies. The problem mm-hmm. is that 
they probably don't have two cereals that go well together. If you're going to mix something <laughs> with Frosted Flakes, it has to be fiber one to get, you know, to get you moving. You know, oh you need that gosh. movement. Or it has to be like Cheerios to give you heart benefits. So sugar and heart benefit. You can't mix two odd tasting cereals. Kill it, Kevin. <laughs> oh. <laughs> he said kill it, Kevin. <laughs> okay. You know what's funny? Oh, God. I, I keep outing myself on this show repeatedly. Um, When it comes to this particular mashup, I would also say kill it because I feel like both the mashups they've done so far have used Frosted Flakes. That's not very daring. That's a very generic, sweet cereal. It doesn't have it. It doesn't bring anything to the party other than, I guess, more sugar and maybe right. crunch. So it, it isn't an interesting mix of flavors. I am one of the half of cereal lovers that mix cereals. I'm going to share two really? of my favorite combinations. Mm. So I love to mix like Raisin Bran with granola. Raisin now, they bran? do sell a version of that where they finally mixed it together themselves, where it's, it's Raisin Bran with granola. But I like to, this is how I like to do it. So you take Raisin Bran, you pour <gasps> milk over it, and you let it sit. And it turns into like mushy, like oatmeal. Oh. Then you You're add your- me. But then you add your crispity, crunchity chunks of granola on top, and you get two experiences. You get like that oatmeal vibe with the crunch of a bunch of granola. So it's it's so good together. I love that combination. But oh, stop it, danger! Stop it! (laughs) (laughs) And so I I have one other secret combination that is phenomenal for the peanut butter lover in you. Oh. If, like me, you love peanut butter, mm-hmm. you get yourself some peanut butter Captain Crunch, pour half of it into a bowl, and then top that with peanut butter checks and what? pour milk, and then thank heavens for your taste buds. What kind of milk? Because it is phenomenal. Oh, whatever kind of milk, what your, whatever your favorite preference of milk is, so- go for it. I like my milk from a cow, so... Uh- <laughs> <laughs> If you, if you put if you use chocolate milk, does it taste like a Reese's? Oh, you can absolutely do that too, and have it in, and have chocolate peanut butter. Fl- I okay, I'm we're getting even more out it. Cocoa Pebbles mm. with peanut butter Captain Crunch. Okay, okay. Taste sensation. I Taste see you. sensation. You're giving it away for free, Kevin. We need to Kellogg's holla at Kevin. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, yes. I have. I got more. I might. I haven't let. I haven't let all my secrets out. So, all right. So, oh, for me, I would give. I'm killing this one because, yeah, I don't like that combination. I'm, I'm for combining, but that's not a good combination. All right. So, let's move on to our next selection. There's a new cookie coming to a Quickie Mart near you, uh, because much to my surprise, Oreo hasn't run out of flavor ideas yet. It's introducing a Lard Lad inspired strawberry frosted donut Oreo. <laughs> they're made with what? the with vanilla with a vanilla cookie the or the golden oreo cookie and it features not one but two layers of filling one layer is pink colored strawberry flavored cream that has rainbow sprinkles in it and the other is donut flavored cream so we already know that homer simpson would fork this but my question is would you what again? So it's it's golden Oreos with a layer oh. of strawberry cream, strawberry flavored cream oh. that's pink with no. sprinkles, and then a layer of donut flavored cream, and top with another golden Oreo. 
Yeah, you you lost me at Golden Oreo, so I'm going to have to say kill it. Kill it. <laughs> what about you, Tone? Kill it. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> that sounds like the thing is you can't say, I don't know. There's certain words Too many that flavors. Golden, like when you say golden, automatically my brain fills in the other word and it just tastes it. Oh, just, God. It's just nasty. Yeah. I'm sorry. From a marketing perspective, like you don't want to leave with golden anything, okay? Okay, well, we'll call it vanilla Oreo. How how does that make you feel Kill better if we call it a vanilla no, Oreo? Like it's, no, it's too many flavors. Like sh- she's right. Like we need to kill this. I'm sorry. Mm. Kevin. Okay. Um oh God. Don't tell me you're gonna eat this. <laughs> this is nasty. Okay. You know what? I have to I have to admit I'm Oreo curious. Yeah. Um because I, ordinarily if this if it weren't for one aspect of this cookie, I'd absolutely say kill it. But what has me intrigued is the donut flavored cream. Mm. What the hell does that taste like? I don't understand what I, I, my mind can't even envision what donut flavored cream would taste. Does it yeah. taste like grease? What does it taste like? Oh. Does, it, does it taste like a donut? How does it? How do they do that? So it's, I would want to mm. try it just to yeah. uh, just to, to experience what the donut flavored cream was like. We know it, that strawberry, the pink cream is going to be super fake strawberry Jolly Rancher yeah. tasting. So yeah. I don't want that, but I am curious about what the, what donut flavored cream would taste like. Ideally, so. it would taste like a Krispy Kreme donut. Exactly. So I'm curious to see if they if they've actually whatever the the boys in the lab and girls, I believe in STEM for everybody. Um <laughs> the boys and girls in the lab that uh, take that Lola Bunny, original Lola Bunny. Um anyway, so I'm sure that it's artificially flavored up the yin yang, but I'm curious to see if they've found a way to make that Oreo goo, which I'm not a fan of. When it comes to regular Oreos, since I was a kid, I've been scraping that white g- gunk out of them. I what? never liked the Oreo cream. I oh, and, the, and calling it cream is an, an insult to cows everywhere. It is sugar flavored lard, and I never liked it. But so I always had my cookies naked. Ooh. Um, but um, I'm curious about the donut flavored goo, and um, curious goo. enough to try it. So, but I well, wouldn't fork it. I would try it. Okay. All right. So, uh, let me let's let's go over the last thing on our menu. <sighs> Buckle up. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> Burger King Japan is releasing a terrifying new burger called the Strong Magma. Oh, the boy. BK <laughs> and BK fans are super excited about it. The sandwich is only available in Burger Kings in Japan. So far, its official name is Strong Magma Super One Pound Beef Burger. So the burger features not one, not two, not three, but four patties, two slices of cheese, and an intriguing spicy powder made of mystery peppers. Oh, Ooh, and tri- mystery peppers. All right. And so <laughs> the burger cost 1,380 yen or about 13 bucks. It's a steep climb. <laughs> so uh, yeah. are you willing to actually pay that much to climb the Burger King, what they're calling the spiciest meat wall? What do you guys think? Danger. <laughs> I want that. I want that intro every time. <laughs> um, I think that there's a disproportionate amount of meat to this cheese ratio. 
I think that there needs to be equal amounts of cheese for the amount of meat that there is here. Oh my so, God, Danger, I knew I liked you for a reason. Yeah, I mean, what what is the two slices? Like, that's a yeah, minimum. Only two slices of cheese yeah. when you have four burger patties. Yeah, no. Um, gosh, I, I, I would be tempted, I think. I mean, I don't think I would be able to eat the whole thing because it, 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 it is like a behemoth. But the thing about the spiciness, I love spicy. I really like spicy. So I think I'd want to taste it just to see. But I think, I'd, you know, $13 to $16 for something that only has two pieces of cheese, I don't know. That'd be like a one and done for me. So I, I'm going to give it a try it. What about you, Tone? Oh, uh, I think I'm gonna give it a try too, Kevin. Because anything that that costs that much inflation, you said like one thousand yen, like that's a lot of one thousand three hundred eighty yen, and it's approximately thirteen dollars US. That's like one Bitcoin to eat this burger. That's crazy. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, damn, yeah, Four beef patties. We got the meat. You know that that comes say one day we got the meats. Like yeah. yeah. You're saying I, you got to meet. I just oh, no, don't no, like that's, the name. that's um Al, uh, Arby's, 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 Arby's. We, Arby's. we have we the, meat. the meat. Yeah, that's what I heard when you said that. I, I'm, oh, it's yeah. kind of weird though. Two pieces. Uh, how much cheese do you want though? Dangers like it's four. It's like it's like uh, a heart attack. I think you at least uh, well, need three slices of cheese. I think you need one on top, one under the second one, and one under the third one. Yeah, you need three. You need at least three slices of cheese if you're gonna have four patties. I think. Mm, okay i'll give you that i'll give you that so it's a try for me but it come on i also wonder like can you even eat this as a meal because how many calories is this like 1200 calories Twelve thousand oh calories yeah, yeah pr- probably more calories than yen so <laughs> yeah uh, <laughs> yeah well you know what i'm gonna also i'm gonna i'm gonna complete the trifecta and also say try it i feel like what would be fun is like if we were in japan or if it does come here if it actually blows up japan and it comes here i would get it like if we were together at, at a at burger king which i can't imagine necessarily why if we were together why are we going to burger king but if we're together right? and we go to burger king you know what let's get one and all we'll like cut it in three and try it you know there it, it would be go. a fun thing to try just like uh, jerry Maguire had what's her face at hello you had me yeah. with mystery pep so what is <laughs> i need to solve this mystery so i absolutely would want to try it i would yeah. absolutely if, if someone else bought it and said kevin take a bite i would be compelled to take a bite what kind of monster cuts up a burger though come on kevin like i, I you definitely outed <laughs> yourself in this episode i wouldn't know you did such a thing what monster have you ever seen paul fiction you never touch another man's fries you, you don't cut a man's burger into three Ridiculous. <laughs> you know what when it when it's a meat wall yes you can Yes, Finally, Trump can. gets his wall. <laughs> and okay, Mexico on that note. <laughs> okay, we can't recap every story, but we do want to talk about what you'd like us to. So, if you see something going on in the news or pop culture or entertainment you want to hear our take on, let us know. You can message us on Twitter or Instagram. We're at Last Weekly on both. And you can leave us a voice message at lastweekly.com. 
So we would love to hear from you. Tone, how can people listen to our show other than how they're listening right now? Well, Kevin, they can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. They can listen and watch on YouTube. And of course, they can listen to us on WJMSRadio.com every Sunday at 4.30 p.m. Eastern and at 1.30 p.m. Pacific. And guess what? Now you can also listen to us on Fridays at 11 a.m. Eastern and 11 a.m. Pacific. And to make things easier, because that's what we do, we make things easy. You can go to lastweekly.com for all our links to where you can listen to us. And remember, the Last Weekly theme song is the song Lush by Dyla. All right. I want to thank you so much for listening and supporting our show on social media. We really appreciate it. We really appreciate you. And it would mean a lot to us if you would go and give us a review. It would totally help us out. You know, share what you think of the show. We want to hear from you. So don't forget to join us for the next episode of Last Weekly because the week doesn't end. Say it with me, co-host. Until we say so. Oh, God. Yeah. All right. We're definitely out of practice. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye. Bye-bye.